0: This is Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Anderson, Augustino and & Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino and & Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.
1: Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider, Pete Sampson, Tim O'Malley. Previewing Stanford a day early with Thanksgiving week coming up. And uh, it was a short week at Notre Dame. They head out, I believe, on Friday morning after doing like a kind of a Thursday Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. at the Morrison on campus. Uh, But they'll be out there a little bit early. Tim and I will be out there Friday, game Saturday night, ABC, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, It, you know, it's... It's a fascinating game if you really like football or just
2: college football in general. But in terms of like... And if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, you, this you podcast, should. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't
1: have like the national cachet as maybe it did when they went out there two years ago. Certainly not what the Iron Bowl has this weekend. Um, but, uh, it, and I think just in terms of style of play, uh, this will be a repeat of Brian Kelly's post-Navy comment. It's not going to be a Big 12 game where both teams are moving up down the field, which they did two years ago.
2: Yeah. And actually... A month and a half ago, I would have said uh, bet the over. Br- healthy Bryce Love, healthy Josh Adams, up and down Notre Dame forty-two, Stanford thirty-five. But I don't. That's. I think those that has changed since then. a lot has changed in the in the last month. This is yeah. If you're if remove Notre Dame fan, if you're a college football fan, this would be a fun one to uh, line up and watch because there is star power, but it's going to be in that two teams just going at it that aren't. Because they don't have great passing games, it doesn't matter how good the running games are, you think it could be a little bit of the old school head knocking game yeah, all you're, the way through. If you really like interior line play, yeah, then you, you will have probably, the best matchup yeah. you can find it, yeah, if potentially. potentially. Quentin
1: Nelson and Harrison Phillips go at it. Great. I do. Uh, I think that will be a really fun thing to watch. But uh, for the casual fan, it does not have the uh, Deshaun Kaiser, healthy Josh Adams, healthy Christian McCaffrey type of star power happening. But uh, with Doreen this week, we didn't get a chance to talk to Josh Adams because he was at the uh, Bureau of Motor Vehicles on, uh, when, or on Tuesday. Uh, couldn't make it in for interviews. True story, True apparently. Story. Um, so we don't really know how healthy he is, although with the running back injury situation, I'm not sure that we would know how healthy he was even if he did show yeah, up because yeah. there's there's no question that Josh Adams is much more banged up than anyone around Notre Dame is willing to let on, and when you compound that with the mysterious health status of Dexter Williams... It creates a bit of a conundrum for Notre Dame going... I I don't really know how confident I should feel about Notre Dame's running game because their running backs are are literally limping into the finale. I
2: don't know how Dexter Williams can't be healthy right now, but I guess if you keep getting hit where you have a deep thigh bruise and maybe keep turning that ankle, you're not. But he has had enough time to rest, that's for sure. But you know what? The last time we saw him try and extend on a long run, but he had a 77-yard touchdown and turned into a 31-yard run where he was caught from behind by everybody. So clearly he wasn't healthy. Um, he hasn't really done anything since then, though, right? To he
1: get... played a, quite a bit at Miami and was moderately effective in a yep. blowout game. He got one snap total last weekend. I mean, before the maybe season... he
2: tweaked it at Miami again. He could have, you know, you're playing the game and it's not something you're going to notice because we're not watching closely when they're getting killed to the run, the one running back. But
1: but it's just like I mean, if you said before the season, yeah, Dexter Williams is going to average six carries a game you'd have been like, that's pretty disappointing. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, did I say carries? I meant snaps. He's averaging six snaps a game. It's It's been very frustrating to to sort of see the the flashes of what he can do, and then you don't get the sense that the coaches want to go to it at 75% or 80%. Because it's like if you played one snap against Navy, doesn't that mean right. you're healthy to play 12 snaps? That that I have a hard time getting ahead I would wrong. think
2: so, and I have a hard time getting around if – Look, maybe he just can't run through injuries, but show him Josh Adams and show him Bryce Love running through these injuries. He has to respond as a competitor and play in this game. You cannot be 100% as a running back this late in the year. You are not going to be 100% as a running back. You're going to be getting hit. If he's the lead back next year, you think he's going to be 100% in late October and November? He won't be. You've got to learn to run through it. If they don't trust it, I don't know what to tell you because Josh Adams is nowhere near as explosive as he was. Josh Adams is going to look so much better in the bowl game and he does right now, that... But you need, you need Dexter Williams to help out yeah. in this
1: game. I mean, Josh Adams looks old. Yeah. I mean, he looks like as an eighth-year senior now, the way he's running and moving around and having to peel himself off the turf, carry after carry. On top of that, according to saint Brown, I would be completely floored if he played this weekend. Uh, Brian Kelly said that he had been cleared for non-contract practice on Tuesday. I... I can't think of an example, and we've brought up Greer Martini a couple times, who got the concussion against Miami, played a week later, but there was no, there was no midweek questioning about whether he was going to be available or not. Uh, he was just available from the get go. Anytime there's uh, cleared for contact, maybe on Wednesday, ran around on Thursday. That's that's an out. Um, you know, so what does Notre Dame do there? I asked Brian Kelly about that. Said you know, go to Miles Boykin. That is sort of a downgrade in speed and athleticism for sure. Uh, I would be surprised if the solution for no St. Brown is not Alizé Mack and target Kevin Stefferson even more than
2: you already are. I think Ste- he had nine targets last week. I think Stefferson's double digits plus a couple runs. Stefferson is the go-to guy in this game. Uh, Durham Smythe, or a tight end, will be more involved. You know, you can, you can game plan for one of them, but it's hard to game plan for two tight ends. So really we'll see more of the pro set. The two running backs that you've charted that's right. successful. Barely at all last
1: week. I think just two carries and they were on, they were on the final drive, two plays before that back in completion. Um, so it's,
2: we all like Stefferson. I, I didn't go through the post, um, the subject on the board, Stefferson's our best receiver. I'm not against that. I, I replied, uh, yeah, because it I, I was, think Jefferson
1: is the best receiver, question mark, and I said, you can take out the question
2: mark. Yeah, I, I like, I know, St. Brown has had, he's had his moments. Um, there's just been a few and far between this year. It's, it's just remember back to the equanimity of St. Brown last year, how much better he looked as a player. But he, he doesn't seem fully engaged. Pete, you've pulled out some clips of him not blocking. Um, I, yeah. I, it, that's a big deal on, on this team, because you, you have to. That, that's one of your major goals here. Is this why these running backs get long runs? Is you right. got to keep blocking?
1: And when and Miles Boykin does a good job of that. I mean, I think with in in St. Brown's semi-defense, I think he's sort of been waiting for what happened to him
2: last week to happen to him all season. Oh yeah, it's not totally his fault. He has no confidence where that ball's coming. When no, he's coming nor to should push he. Push. No.
1: no. Um, so I, that's been a bit of an issue for him. And Stefferson, Claypool, Boykin—they've all sort of felt like what it is to go up and try to snare something high and away, but Saint Brown, it's when it I feel like there have been a lot of instances with Saint Brown this almost happened at Miami. The ball got batted down before it even got to him, where he's trying to catch a high ball over the middle. You know, it's one thing if it's deep it or it's, you know, fading out of bounds. There's been a bunch of those too. Like Durham Smythe got almost he would have been killed fifteen years ago at right. Miami on that pass that Wimbush threw down the middle. Um so it's the, I, the receivers, I think, are a little bit gun-shy. Now, if Brandon Wimbush comes out on Saturday night at Stanford in his second half, Brandon Wimbush, then I think that it the passing game really can, can be productive. But Navy's defense last weekend was bail out of the way. We'll give you a bunch of short stuff. If you take it great, if you don't, that's fine too. Stanford's probably not going to play that way.
2: And we didn't mention Claypool. We talked about it Monday. Just a little banged up. By, my theory is that it's hard for a guy that's not used to playing banged up to play banged up. But it, he could give him something. We, it, we shouldn't remove Chase Claypool from him because no. he wasn't included in Kelly's answer because he's not stepping into the new role like Boykin is. I think Kelly was doing the this is the next man in. Miles Boykin's up. But, if yeah, Chase Claypool, I mean, he he's had some moments this year. I think they're going to need something from him. Yeah, I mean Claypool. He still played 38 snaps
1: last week, which is actually which is a, a fine number. It's his low mark since the Georgia game, but it's not an alarmingly no, low number. Where you're like, oh, something's we just really looked wrong. like he got really hurt. Yeah,
2: I guess he hasn't wasn't really hurt, but he acted like he was really yes. hurt, and that he's got to be able to play through that too.
1: Yeah, there's no no question. They need him to go with Stefferson and Boykin just to give him some personnel flexibility. But I think they may just have to get creative and and what they run out there, whether that be the, the two running back set, they've I really like that look. They've only rushed 33 times all year out of it. Um, you know, the two tight end set was a lot more pronounced last week. They rushed 24 times out of that compared to just two carries out of regular personnel, the three wide, one back, one tight end. So it's, um, I think they have a lot more personnel flexibility uh, that they could throw out there on Saturday than they have um, earlier in the year. You know, some of that, but some of that would be forced, because if you had a healthy St. Brown, I think that your best personnel is Claypool, St. Brown, Stefferson, Smythe, sure. and Josh sure. Adams. Yes.
2: Um, make that your base thing, but they're, they're just not going to have that luxury, I don't I don't think. Be, when Stanford struggles, um, it is because they struggle against the pass. They're, I think of the three losses they have, quarterbacks are completing almost 74% of their passes. Now, Wimbush isn't going to have that type of game, obviously, against them, Um but if we must have a decent game throwing and a decent game running in terms of mm-hmm. escape, you know, on, on passing plays, we've talked about that. Stanford's run D is vulnerable. They, they make plays in the backfield, but other than that, it's 4.7 yards a game, 170 yards a game, and it's in the Pac-12 too. So they're they're, they're definitely vulnerable to the run. It's just if Josh Adams is healthy enough to do it, or if Dexter Williams is. But we, we talked about Dexter Williams all year long. He has never <laughs> been a bell cow over a running attack. So he almost has to be a ten a 10-carry ten guy. You can't go in the game be thrilled. thinking. I'd be thrilled yeah, with That would be great, but carries. we can't go in thinking, well, it's Williams' turn to get 17 carries of Josh Adams' is hurt. We've never seen him handle that volume. I really do think you just need a second half Brandon Wimbush would obviously do it for Navy. You just need a quality Brandon Wimbush start, and then the running game can work. But if mm-hmm. he struggles, Stanford has picked off 14 passes. They forced 12 fumbles. I think they've only recovered seven, but that's. That's Notre Dame level turnovers when Notre Dame was, was kind of on the rise. They haven't had one since the Wake Forest game, which this would be a great time for their next turnover against Stanford. Clearly they need it. They're vulnerable on D, but sometimes they can they have played better recently. It's um, 17 points per game in the last five games. Down to like 335 yards allowed in those games. There's some at Pete you pointed out, some bad teams in there. There's Arizona State, there's um, Oregon I mean, excuse me, Oregon State, Oregon, but there's Washington quality team to be mm-hmm. holding them down. And Cal's, Cal's, it was a rivalry game. That was going to be another low scoring game. But they, they are trending better defensively. If Notre Dame can just be somewhat healthy and Wimbush can be, a, if, I think Notre Dame can, can get 30 points on them, but you, you can't do it without a healthy, healthy enough items.
1: Yeah. And a functional passing game from Wimbush. Cause they're yeah, right. The, the 4.69 yards per carry, I think that's 90th or 96th nationally. It's, it's really poor. Um, you know, with that in mind, the, these two stats go together. They're really low in tackles for loss. 96 nationally there. Third, you know, you they're third. They're all from one guy, right? Yeah.
2: But they're at the wrong spot for Notre Dame too because that inside zone, or I'm sorry, that uh, slow developing handoff that everybody loves. Harrison Phillips is their nose tackle and he leads them in tackles and tackles for loss. But it's, the tackles is amazing from nose tackle. Tackles right. for loss is impressive at 13.5. You see that before. I went through it this week. Every snap, he has 46 stuffs. For the nose tackle position. You can combine Notre Dame's inside linebackers. And that's what you're getting on Stuffs. So that's two inside linebackers. That That's the disruptive guy. Uh, I don't know how you scheme with Quentin Nelson. Do they scheme around that? Does he, he's the nose tackle. Is just he block him. Could, just I think block that's him, right? That's, that's the way to go. Um, back to their de- uh, Still on their defense. Impossibly bad for a while on third down, almost a 44% rate against for the season. That's worse than Nebraska. If you guys know where Nebraska is right now defensively in uh the world of 2017, they are vulnerable enough. It's just they're very good at home. Is it six last six wins or five straight wins by David Shaw against top 10 teams at home. Consider that stat if you're an Notre Dame fan. Yeah. Five straight against top 10. 6 and 0 regular season finales under David Shaw. Brian Kelly, if he loses this one, will be 2-6 and six at Notre Dame in a regular season finale. They're 22-6 and six under Shaw in his six years in November. Kelly in his eight years is 18-14, and 14, including the two undefeated seasons there. Shaw's has Kelly's number right now, and Brian Kelly has to beat him in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame comes in having lost eight straight games on the road to power five ranked teams, which is ridiculous. I mean, and I know... And Stanford's three of them. Right, I know Brian Kelly was asked about this on Tuesday, and he correctly said, "Well, we're playing some. They're ranked yes. teams. There's a reason they're ranked. That doesn't mean you can't get one of them or two of them, three of them, three or, three of three
2: them. or five. If you're in the program that can do that, That's yeah. If you
1: were five, if you were, if they were four and four, I would say, 'Wow, nice job. yeah, Incre- you guys are really good.' Oh and eight is is not. Um, they're just the fact that they're good does not cut it. Um, I do think if there was ever a team you were set up to beat. It would be this Stanford team this weekend because um, I just we haven't discussed Bryce Love's injury along with Josh. No, because yeah. I mean, let's we, we talk about Stanford's offense because uh, Bryce Love is very banged up, and I know the reaction to some of the oh they'll just he'll just tape it up they'll play like he'll play. Didn't didn't everyone say the same thing about McCaffrey last year? And I don't know that didn't really make an impact in the game, but like if you're hurt, you're hurt. It doesn't matter that mm. you're playing Notre Dame. Um, like that's not that's not a big deal. I mean, there's a discussion to be had at Stanford about whether this game means anything because they're not going to the playoff. If Washington beats Washington State, which goes on at the same time as Stanford Notre Dame, and Stanford's going to the Pac-12 title game, would you rather have arrested Bryce Love for that against USC or roll the dice against Notre Dame for really no particular reason other than like your non-conference home winning streak? Right.
2: I I think. The smart thing to do if you're Stanford is try to get to that and do your six Bowl by resting Bryce Love this week. If yes. I mean, if, if I'm not saying if he's ninety percent, you rest him. If he's hey, can you get out there and give us five carries? Maybe, maybe that's not worth it because Scarlett's a good running back. Nowhere near, nowhere near. Well, they're all good behind this line when they play yeah. against Notre Dame. That, that's the thing. It, they Stanford finds a way to run the ball against Notre Dame.
1: They are functional. It's I think. Scarlett. Oh, it's not.
2: They're not even close with Bryce Love. I understand yeah. that, but it's it's not like Stanford has nothing to offer in this game. No, they won't lay down and die just because Bryce Love doesn't play. But I do think I do think there's something to be said about sitting him if he's not if if he's like Josh Adams was at his worst. Maybe you don't play him. I would think look, if Notre Dame could somehow
1: play in a meaningless game, which they they, they can. No, you're right. Um, they I think Josh Adams would have sat out. At least once, maybe twice, uh, but Notre Dame's not in that position right now. You know, I think with Stanford's offense, a couple of stats that uh, I mean, one personnel-wise, the switch to KJ Costello, a quarterback, who will be making his fourth start, has been okay. Does some good improvisational stuff. I think I think he's somebody. If you watched him, you would think he was better than his box score mm-hmm. would indicate.
2: And I think he's better because his name's not Keller Christ, and I think Notre Dame would have hammered. Yeah, Cal or Chris, so that that's why I think it's a plus for Stanford. That boy, watching Chris this year, I was just thinking, there's so no way they're beating Notre Dame. But he's, yeah, I like I like what Costello did against Cal, and you're right that not that many points in the game, but he just he, he looks like a guy that's a uh, c- kind of coming along as a mm-hmm. player.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not a passing game that has a whole lot of speed behind it. Um, you know, in Chris. And Costello's three starts, he's thrown one touchdown pass and two picks. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown, I believe, at Washington State. You know, not much of a running threat, but you know, you'll probably see him have four or five carries in the game, mostly off scrambles. Uh, so you have to at least respect that. One thing that is unique about Stanford is how slow they play. They have their average sixty plays a game, which re- would rank one hundred twenty seventh nationally. I mean, they do not move at all. They're just slow. And it's interesting because... On the Which is are, ironic
2: when they hand it to Bryce Love. Because,
1: because they ranked
2: faster. 14th
1: nationally in yards per play. So they have a very explosive offense that chooses not to explode. Um, it's, it's a strange <laughs> dynamic there. You know, by contrast, Notre Dame has run 115 more plays. It's a game and a half worth of offensive
2: stats that you could pile up. But um, I think we both that's like, just not what they like to do. We both like Trent Irwin, yes. the receiver for Stanford. He's, he's more of a possession guy, but he extends possessions because it's third down. He makes plays on third down. He has uh, 23 first downs this year, I think 14 on third down, which, which is a lot for a team that doesn't throw much, if you think mm-hmm. about that. It doesn't sound like a lot if it's a team that's throwing the ball 40 times a game, but 65 catches the last two years. He just knows how to get open. As you mentioned, he's a, he was a former five-star. Yeah, it was a five star so in some not, places. Yeah, it's not I mean. just knowing how to get open to being crafty. He's a talented wide receiver. But I, I do like it if Notre Dame, if love can be matched up against him. I don't like it if he's not, because the best thing he does is get open and set you up with his routes, and that, that can be tough for Troy Pride in his third start. Although Pride, they work Pride out perfectly for this. He's been this he's a month in. Troy Pride is it's time to be, you know, an effective player in a big game like this. And of course they have Sean Crawford that they can play at the field side. Little banged up at left tackle. Walker, little may or may not play. I guess doubt felt full, but I, and, and really said. that usually that means you don't play in in college. When he has, know, has missed time, early, so it's not it's not a situation yeah. where like he's, he's six He's starts, been nursing
1: yeah. something around. He's he's actually missed time, so I, I feel like that will he may be out, and that would obviously play well in Notre Dame's favor. I I think with with Stanford in terms of them in their passing game. Aside from Costello, obviously, um, J.J. Sarah Whiteside, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. You know, a big red zone jump fade ball type of player. Not necessarily huge in terms of his height, um, but just a big athlete out there. That will be a very tough matchup for whoever draws him if Stanford gets inside the 10-yard line. Uh, And then on top of that, they've got a couple tight ends, you know, Caden Smith, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, combined, they're like uh, even quality Parkinsons. tight ends. I mean, they're they're it's... getting close to where they were with tight ends three, four years ago, um, just in terms of the raw material that they have. So it's... Um...
2: If they had a better quarterback, it would be a very impressive offense as well. Yeah. That, that's probably the best way to look at Stanford. You need, and I don't mean Andrew Luck, but I mean you need, if you had a little bit better quarterback... Kevin Hogan. Kevin Hogan would make this a, a, t- a difficult offense to stop with Bryce Love.
1: Yeah, So it's a—it's just not an offense that I look at, and I think no, like, because I mean, what have we been saying all year that Notre Dame's safeties were not that great, that they'd be susceptible to the deep ball, and that was where Notre Dame would sort of get found out? Well, I mean, Stanford is 93rd in 10 yard pass plays, and then I mean, you, you, you bump it up with to, a good
2: safety and Justin Reed, too. It's no, I'm saying little, uh, oh,
1: oh th- again, they've hit, that. um, and they're 113th in 40 yard pass plays. So if we're talking about true, like. Big explosive field flipping pass plays—they're quite bad. Um, but when
2: Love is healthy, they have plenty of big plays.
1: Right. It's all, but it's just all in the run game. And I, I do think if I was, if I was Notre Dame defensively, I would roll up Nick Coleman or roll up Jalen Elliott, you know, just to have extra body there. I'm not saying he's going to make the play, but <laughs> I would, I would roll the dice on my corners against their yeah. receivers all game long in one-on-one situations and maybe and just leave one safety high and see if you can clean that up because it's not... Um, I don't think they have the quarterback to, to make Notre Dame pay for doing that, nor
2: do I think they have the receivers
1: to make Notre Dame pay for doing that. With
2: all that said, is it fair for me to say this comes down to Brandon Wimbush being, having when the game's over, if you say he played pretty well, Notre Dame won the game? Yeah, I would say... Obviously, we plays great. They're going to win. So Here, here's, can, I, can you
1: say? You I would go even well? a step lower than that. I would say if we don't talk about Brandon Wimbush after the game, Notre Dame won the game. If we if we mention, he just needs to clear. Ugh,
2: Brandon Wimbush. If you stay away from that, I think that they'll win. I, but if I think if you go to Brandon Wimbush, it's going to be a a, a very tough sledding day where you're, I can't believe they're down two touchdowns to Stanford. Type yeah, thing.
1: and I I really with Wimbush. I, I think that it is so mental with him. What's oh,
2: this problem for me though?
1: Yeah, okay. I mean <laughs> that's it's not he, like oh it's was, just mental. You, you have to play with a brain. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the, your mentality. And it's it was weird this week because after the game on Saturday, Brian Kelly said he felt Wimbush was too amped up and was just like over overthinking it, just too too wired. On Sunday, I asked, "Well, how do you stop that from happening?" And he said again, "One of the developing young quarterback type thing." And then we talked to Wimbush on Tuesday, and I said, so how did you get from first half Brandon Wimbush to second half? The second half he was quite good, and he said, like, the weather was better. That was it. And I am just like, it's just like a bunch of different storylines about what's happening, why it's happening, and that sort of gets back to the, as we move forward to picks, like, I just don't have confidence in Notre Dame uh, in any place remotely close to where I was. Two no, not ago. where you. are not where you were. There's no way. Two weeks ago, six weeks ago, mid September. Um, this is even though my picks have been quite bad. Um, this is my <laughs> least confident, probably bad pick. Because <laughs> I, I just, I just don't have a handle on Notre Dame anymore. Even though that they, they've surprised me in some weird ways the last three weeks. I would
2: not bet on this game. There's no chance. It's a Stay away. Um, yeah, this is a total stay away game. I think because it's, it is, it is a pick 'em. I mean Notre Dame by two on the road. Notre Dame's a better team and they're only favored by two on the road. They're not playing great. Stanford's playing better than they were earlier in the year. They've they, they just look, We just mentioned their defense. They're, they've come around a little bit. Even their offense, you would think a team with this attack, and I guess it does speak to teams loading the box a little bit, they were only converting about 40% on third down offensively. Stanford, if you think about that, the last two games they're 18-33, so they're trending better, and that's somewhat with, with and without Bryce Love. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends that if Stanford's trend keeps going up, but I think it really just depends on what you get from Brandon Wimbush. And it might be dependent on what you get from Brandon Wimbush early. Because you don't want to go behind 17-7 to Stanford with Brandon Wimbush not playing well at Stanford, no. considering you haven't won out there in Brian Kelly's tenure. You haven't won out there since both teams were horrid 10 years ago in
1: 2007. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you said don't bet on this game. If I was betting on this game, I would I would take the points in a second. I mean, home dog, like, And and with all the dynamics, like, David Shaw versus Brian Kelly, Notre Dame against ranked Power 5 teams on the road, Stanford at home in November, Stanford at home against nine conference opponents, like, everything would say... All of those points to Stanford. Yeah, everyone points to Stanford. If Stanford... Now, if Stanford was a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, then I think you'd be like, eh, I'm not really comfortable with that, but, like... Notre Dame is a favorite and in some ways doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, there have been some lines all year where they haven't made sense to me. And at the end of the game, you are like, oh, <laughs> right. So maybe this will be one of those like Vegas knows type games and Notre Dame will win by a field goal. But um, it's I'm, I'm picking Notre Dame 28-24, but man, I am, I am just so uncomfortable with what this is game. It? Right what now. is it
2: on? What is your one thing... It makes you
1: think the win. It is. It comes down to sort of a a blend of if not now when. That's how I feel. And that's like that's how I feel. It's it ma- it just makes more sense. Like, Great. and those those really have very little to do with what happens <laughs> in the game. It just like it's basically face- it comes down to my analysis. Come on already. <laughs> that's how I felt about Georgia
2: too. <laughs> no, it, that's it's perfectly fair. Yeah. I don't. I, there's so many. Just looking at it. I think last week, I was like, I think they're already able to beat them. I think they're a better team. And Just looking at everything Stanford has, you don't think of Stanford home mattering, except they play well at home. It doesn't matter that their crowd isn't intimidating anybody. They play well at home. Someone asked Brian Kelly about that yesterday,
1: about... Going on the road in a hostile environment. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, I almost... If
2: I had the microphone, I'd have been like, hostile environment? Are you kidding? Like, you were
1: just at Miami, a hostile environment.
2: Yeah, this is going to be like a day on the course, yeah. walking around. It's a polite golf claps when there's some gains, but they just play better at home. I have no idea why I'm sticking with Notre Dame winning it. I thought this week that I figured Notre Dame would win. I'm trying to stick with the rule, don't bet from the most recent thing you've seen, and that's why Vegas has big buildings. Comes down to a field goal. As, as it pretty much always Notre does Dame in this series. Notre Dame has to pull one of these out at some point. <laughs> Banged up running backs. Passing games from the Stone Ages, if if Wimbush isn't on. And I'm still finding, and I'm going to this under. The, the over-under is 58. Take the under, right? you got to take the under. But four weeks ago, I uh, pounded that. like They were just going to up and down the field. I don't think Bryce Love is healthy. I don't think Josh Adams is healthy. I think Josh Adams is healthier than Bryce Love and can give Notre Dame... The carries he gave them against Navy, and that was a sneaky hundred. He wouldn't get a, you know, he was running them over at the end. And Stanford's going to handle them better than that. But because I think Adams is healthier than Love, in my opinion, Brandon Wimbush is not in the totally in the tank as other people's seems to be. I think he can help them running the ball. Yes, and we're going to get into this. I'm going to have Notre Dame in the 27-24 range, All winning right. the game. You heard it here first. We'd have no Uh, idea why. (laughs) Two two very highly (laughs) uncomfortable picks for Notre Dame in this week. Eighteen and fourteen in November. Brian Kelly. Twenty-two and Shaw. Twenty-two and six. David Shaw. Uh, To me, it's the zero and eight on the road versus Power Five ranked teams. Like, what about uh, Stanford winning five straight against top ten teams at home? That I it's mean, like a Lou Holtz record. This not a lot. This not a lot of feel good stuff happening here. But don't listen to us. It's yeah. Here. <laughs>
1: but on, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> well, we both think Notre Dame's going to win and finish ten and two, and then go on to New Year's Six bowl game. So, on that note, segment one, Irish Illustrated Insider in the book. Segment two coming up next.
0: Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino & Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.
2: Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. We have a couple Twitter questions. Uh, The first one is... The How does Notre Dame get into the playoff scenario? I know that is unrealistic, but it's it's not out of this world with the losses that have to happen. That question was submitted by everyone. It was actually submitted by everyone. Actually, yeah. I was taking it from Roger Craig because uh, my old favorite 49 running back, I took his question. But I don't think it's actually him. Pete and I both believe Alabama has to be in to help Notre Dame because Alabama's getting in. They cannot play two more games. So if Alabama loses to Auburn, they're still getting in. That's the issue that Notre Dame fans kind of have to... Understand with Alabama, they are getting in right now. So Alabama wins the SEC by beating Auburn and Georgia. Miami wins the ACC by beating Pitt and Clemson, knocking out Clemson in this scenario. And then you and I believe that, you, as you pointed out, Pete, one of the two, you only have to knock out one of the two conferences out of Big 12 and Big 10. I feel like if Minnesota could beat Wisconsin... And Michigan beats Ohio State, and Wisconsin eeks by three loss Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. They might not be in. You feel like they would be. I don't know how Oklahoma... I guess if TCU hammers them, they wouldn't get in. But the problem with this is Oklahoma is the number one team this week out of everybody Notre Dame needs to lose that is not going to lose. They're at home as a 21-point favorite against West Virginia and their backup quarterback. So I feel like Oklahoma's going to find a way in. Yeah, I... I would almost write off Oklahoma as the third participant. Um, you think Notre Dame has to target the Big Ten?
1: Well, not that they have anything to say of to do not. about it, yeah. but yeah, I think if you're looking at like, okay, where does the spot open up for Notre Dame? It opens up in the Big Ten because it's not opening up in the SEC, and in fact, it could go, it could be closed out by the SEC if if Alabama does lose. That's why you need him to win. And Georgia wins out, then Georgia and Alabama are both going, At that point Notre Dame has there's no path. Uh, for Notre Dame to make it. Um, So yeah, I I think if, if there's a 14 field and Notre Dame is in it, it will be Alabama, Oklahoma, Miami, and Notre Dame. That's the 14 field that Notre
2: Dame could be included in.
1: I'm not sure if there's really, if craziness
2: happens in Oklahoma, that gets absolutely obliterated by West Virginia or loses to West Virginia and loses to TCU. then I don't think, you know what? If they just lose to West Virginia, because then you got to worry about TCU. Could
1: be, could be. I'd, I just don't see how there, there's a, a path to Notre Dame making the playoff without Alabama winning out, Oklahoma winning out, Miami winning out, especially Miami. Um, and really, if I'm sort of like a, if I like to needle the college football playoff, join a conference narrative, I would love to see Miami and Alabama make it. Um, an eleven and one Alabama make it that did not win their conference. And uh, Miami and Alabama both make it with only uh, 12 games. Because uh, apparently you can't make it if you don't play a 13th game. Which but then, is the dumbest thing. But then half year. the field would be in without uh, <laughs> playing a 13th game. So it's it, there's some intrigue this weekend. It will all be over by the end of this weekend. Though. The fun thing I about think, the... Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Because if, if you get the first steps of like a Minnesota upset of Wisconsin, right, then the big, the big Ten Championship game gets a lot more interesting. You know, the Ohio State-Michigan game if Michigan gets that one then things get really interesting so it's it um it could all be over by Saturday even with Notre Dame winning it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be
2: the fun thing is every team we've mentioned has a road game including Notre Dame yes. except for Oklahoma this weekend so a lot of stuff can happen when you're playing on the road in college football Minnesota is a 16 and a half point home underdog to Wisconsin for whatever they call that token whatever that is that Floyd of Rosedale or is Iowa f- involved in is that? that is Iowa, Iowa involved in that? Yeah, we should so. we should know that. I would say, but actually, we don't need to at all. Did you know this, this weekend's <laughs> for the Legends Trophy? I, I did. I heard about that, and I think Notre Dame can sweep all their trophies, and that's just as important as a playoff spot, according <laughs> to the yeah. <laughs> if, Those if, trophies,
1: man. If the Legends Trophy was. Between us right now, I could not identify it as a
2: legend trophy. Let me put it this way. I have attended about 20 Notre Dame-USC games, and I found out six years into covering them I, that there was a Shelly league. So, <laughs> there we go. That's how important those trophies are. All
1: right, we have a few more Twitter questions. First one is from Scott Gronek, and he wants to know, what are the odds of Notre Dame's offensive line taking the field against Michigan next year, left to right? Eichenberg, Bars, Mustafer, Kramer, Hainsey that has got to be the favorite that's right that's
2: probably the favorite uh lug is the other guy that could be lug involved lug could be the sixth guy lug could be the sixth guy uh they, yeah they, maybe they're doing a that could be a rotating tackle situation and lug could maybe beat out Eichenberg because as we know everybody's really good as a redshirt fre- or as a freshman yeah. and as a redshirt freshman get a little bit worse and they're learning and then you find out alex bars is going into his fifth year and he's no longer the number one prospect in the history of football yeah. as <laughs> kind of intimate he was the top tackle prospect he had seen in 25 years of coaching at one point. And now he's just a really good guy that's going to help the team a lot yes, next yeah, year. Yeah, be a good, good fifth-year senior. I wrote down the possibility of Hanzy, Kramer, for Bars, and Lug. Um, just because I thought Eichenberg would have made more of a push yeah. this year. And it's not that he's behind McGlinchey, because they chose to move him behind McGlinchey because he was not making enough of a push against right. Hainsey and Kramer. So that opens it up. But you know what? He'll be a third-year guy next year, and that would be yeah. obviously the time for him to step up. That's,
1: I mean... That's what happens normally with offensive linemen. Their junior year is when you really know what you have. So if they have something with Liam Eikenberg and that was somebody that I asked Mike McGlinchey about yesterday, you'll know in spring
2: ball next year. And they need—I mean, they need to have something. In yeah, you want your junior highly ranked lineman that we all loved to be a starter. Well, especially
1: when there's not really much in the fourth year senior class. They just they don't have a whole lot of options outside of him and Josh lug So they they need Eichenberg to be good. If all indications were for McGlinchey at least that he was good. And I, I like that he was able to offer a critique about why he hasn't moved up farther than he has already. he said he's just like he's too like he's sort of a too emotional player like McGlinchey was, where that is a negative. I mean it's worth remembering Mike McGlinchey did not break into the lineup until the end of his sophomore year. Um, Yeah. It was 14 LSU. Yeah. And because Lombard was hurt. Yeah. It was the second half of the last game of the year in a throwaway game. Um, That's when he started to be a player. Now Liam Eikenberg would only be a game and a half later than that in terms of just the games of your career. So I, I, I'm highly intrigued by what uh, what he'll bring to the table next year. Other Twitter question, Adam Nichols wants to know, do you think Josh Adams has shown enough to prove that he's ready at the next level or would he benefit by returning for a senior year? He should go because
2: he's beaten up and he needs to start his pro career right now. He, is, he has a high school injury that's an issue and he has many injuries and he should go. You're not going to prove anything behind a worse offensive line. Go, make some money, come back, get your degree. I agree. Yeah.
1: I mean, they'd be better off if he was back. Oh, obviously. I'm not saying they're Um, better
2: when he leaves, but he's
1: better off leaving. Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. All right. uh, Questions for our readers. Fonzie wants to know since the the regular season finale and Notre Dame will have over a month to get ready for the bowl game, wouldn't you think they might run Wimbush more because he can rest?
2: Yes. Run him. (laughs) Okay. Constantly. (laughs) I want want it to look like the Temple game in the first half or the second half where everybody keeps saying, man, they're running him a lot. They should run Brandon Wimbush a lot in this game. The run is the absence of a pass. I endorse running for the absence of the pass. He could rest <laughs> for three weeks. Unless I mean, his hand means he can't carry the ball in his left hand, then carry yeah. the right hand. Just run. <laughs>
1: I'm with you on that one. Uh, I was going to put this in my extra point column later today, but the design quarterback run, they're averaging about four per game, about maybe more like three and a half per game. Um, Eight would be fine. Not, and I'm not. I'm excluding quarterback keeps the ball on a read option. I'm just saying, running veer, quarterback draw, that kind of stuff. Um, like almost wild caddy type things. Uh, I would, I would empty my
2: playbook of all those pages Me on too. Saturday night at Stanford. It's the number one thing I think could help them win this game is Brandon yeah. Wimbush running more and. Caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. Terry Benedict, Chip Long was known for a fast-paced offense and before the season he stated he could change the speed of his offense to go fast or slow. What speed is this offense operating at? Uh, variable. I
1: mean, fast and slow because we were talking about that in the first segment about where Notre Dame ranks in terms of sort of overall play count. It, Even though there are 115 plays more than Stanford on the year, just in terms of the number of plays that they've had, it's, it's like Pretty middle of the road I think they're let's see they they're 57th so it's almost exactly the middle of the road I expected them to be much higher than that although I've always felt like the tempo thing was a little bit overrated when he came here because when you looked at how many plays Memphis ran last year I think they were top 30 but it's not like they were it wasn't like Dino Babers at Syracuse where it's just like your pedal to the floor regardless of whether it even makes sense I mean they'll go fast after a big play because the defense off. is discombobulated. Yeah. I think that's great That doesn't mean you need to go fast all the time.
2: No, the fast after the big play I like. Um, One issue on being middle of the pack, they have been involved in six blowout wins, seven Mm -hmm. blowout wins. You're not running fast in the fourth quarter when you're involved in a blowout win. You're bleeding it when you're running it out. Uh, So maybe they'd be 45 or something, which would still not be. I like the speed they work at, um, not just selfishly because we chart the game while we're watching it, but I think that I like how they go fast after big plays. Every once in a while, I think, get moving a little bit here when the offense is stalling, but I've only thought that every once in a while on the last two Saturdays mm-hmm. because the offense had never stalled before since the Georgia game. So I don't really have a problem with this pace. Um, I don't. I think if you don't absolutely 100% push the pace, it's not that big of an advantage anyway. After the big play, it's great because 40-yard game, yeah. first and 10, you may have catched the personnel. It's just the way to go.
1: And it's one of those things where, okay, you've got your lead running back has... I don't know what a half dozen different injuries. Uh, Dexter Williams can't figure out why he's got an ankle or thigh contusion. Tony Jones has got an ankle. EQ has got a head. Uh, now you got Chase Claypool with the shoulder. He's a little dinged up. Uh, Mac had a concussion. Brandon Wimbush has a busted up hand. Do you really want to play tempo with that? Probably not. Like le- less is more, I think, in some instances, especially when your offense is banged up. Irish by the Sea. Do you think the coaching slash culture model put into place by Kelly this season is the foundation for a consistent long run of success for Notre Dame football. I think it
2: absolutely is as long as they follow it. Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey made them become this team. You can't, look at your, you can't look at your personnel in August and think anything else, but we have to be this team offensively. I know their offensive line should be a strength next year, but I'm worried that it's going to be talked about in the spring and talked about in the summer and talked about in August. And they come out and they throw 45 times against Michigan. This this personnel, you absolutely 100 percent had to say, are we going to be a power team? Mm-hmm. So I hope they still feel that way next year. Assuming that they can. You move Kramer to guard and bars a guard and Mustafer at center, you can be a power team. These are not low, and they're not low rated tackles they have out there. This is I think it's the way to go. I don't think Notre Dame can win with their old model.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think they can win with their old model. I also don't think this year's model has to be the model next year. I think, in some ways, they can have a Stanford model where they're averaging... I think they average about 185 yards passing per game. Like, Notre Dame's not even close to that. I don't mind pretty much getting better. I'm just saying, I think that it's okay to be the running team. Yeah, you can be a run for... Because I don't even... Like, even the coaching staff, I don't think they really like the way that they're winning right now. They want to be able to throw the ball in a much more functional way than they have. Um, They would... You know, are they averaging 300 yards per game rushing? That's... I don't think that's what they... Yeah, they're at 290. I don't think they want to average 290 yards rushing per game. And I think if they averaged 200 yards rushing per game, this offense would be even harder to defend. Because... The implication would be that you're averaging 225 yards passing if that per game. part
2: comes into fruition. Yes, and
1: it has to come into fruition because they're not going to be able to run the ball as well as they did this year. So they need to find something else. There's only one other thing you can find that's throwing it. So that's a, a, a improved Brandon Wimbush next year. If that happens, then the offense can be more balanced. But they can't go back. No, I'm not. I'm not advocating not even close. at all. Ever. Ever. Ever to hearing the phrase hats in the box or short passing game is an extension of the running game. Now, but if you wanted to move towards RPO, that yep. would be okay. Right. I mean, I, I that's that's fine. You know, if you said that a team overloaded against the run and we had a couple one-on-one matchups on the outside where we had St. Brown and Claypool together or Stefferson at a t- behind a tight end, like great. I think that that's cool. But um They don't need to go back to chucking it in a hurricane, empty sets, four wide. I I am curious to see if the empty set does return next year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay at times. But I don't think Brandon Wimbush has thrown one pass out of an empty set all year.
2: If Brandon Wimbush is the quarterback and he can throw, I don't mind the empty set. The empty set used to drive me crazy. This is a tangent. The immobile quarterback. Well, that's that's the thing. thing. He's Coming not an empty no, he's bad. But he's, he's he would have to be a much better passer for empty set to mean anything too. Um, what you say to me sounds good, and also makes me think of eight and five next year. So nope, I don't like it. I am all about the <laughs> running to mitigate the damage. So we'll find out against Michigan. I guess sixty passes. Go Irish. Go five. Should ND fans be more worried about the players being ready to play in a primetime game or the coaches being ready to coach in a primetime game?
1: Players. I think this is definitely players, and I, I know that the zero and eight has very little to, zero and eight on the road against power five ranked teams has very little to do with the current players because they are they only account for like two of those games. But um, I think if you look at Notre Dame's performance, particularly at Florida State, uh, at Clemson, at Stanford two years ago. I think you would be hard pressed to say Notre Dame lost that because Brian Kelly wasn't prepared in a big
2: game atmosphere. I thought the Clemson one is an outlier in that. I thought he was expertly prepared for Florida State and Stanford. Clemson with that start to the game and him talking about the bus being late and all that—that that was not. Afterwards, great. that was not. But I, I agree with you that they came out firing against Florida State and under our role, they came out firing against Stanford when they had to to, to win that game. Um, I think it's on both of them from Arizona State. They had a quarterback and a coach that that was a mess. That was a train wreck. I would just be worried because David Shaw is a really good yeah coach. Brian Kelly is a good coach, and he's David Shaw's had the best of him. But I, I think Pete, what if I told you that Brandon Wimbush is going to respond in this game? I'm not worried about. Any, I'm not really worried about other guys being. I think he's the. I'm not worried about the defense playing down because it's a big game. I think they might miss tackles at safety because they missed tackles at safety. But if Brandon Wimbush just comes to play, I don't see why... Rece- Kevin Stefferson's going to come to play. Josh Adams on the offensive line will come to play. I think Smythe... I'd be worried about Mac.
1: Yeah. it's look, we'll talk about. If, if Brandon Wimbush can replicate his performance at Michigan State, which is not a unhostile environment. He was 14-20 of 20 for 173 yards and a touchdown. Not... Not blowing you away with numbers, but if he puts up that stat line, I think Notre Dame will win by ten points. That's that's the thing. Like most, so, most more worried about one co- one player coming to play. Yeah, yeah most of my lack of confidence or certainty or really just hunch at all about Saturday night has to do with Notre Dame's quarterback.
2: And I don't think he'd have a bad sixty minutes like he did against Miami. I just think he could have a a bad start and that hurts things it hurts look, their confidence as
1: brian kelly said like you can't just take two quarters to warm up into the game like stuff doesn't work that way um so if he doesn't and at michigan state he was on it from the very beginning if he can get to whatever where whatever he was wherever he was mentally that that
2: night if he can get back to that great i think notre dame will be in good shape J-Law1, when I look at certain games, Miami this year, Clemson 2015, it appears as though when an opponent says to N.D., you are not going to run, the offense sort of acquiesces to that, rather than continue, as B.K. BK said earlier, to be stubborn with the run. I've seen this with Sanford and now B.K., Mike Sanford, not Stanford, and now B.K., any reason why they don't try to stick with it?
1: I mean, they have tried to stick with it. You know, they stuck with it against uh, Georgia, sort of, even though Wimbush threw it 40 times. Um... I, but I do think they need to stick with it on Saturday. I, I do think this is a stubbornness check for them because um, the offensive line has not been not played great the last few weeks, the um, last two weeks I should say. I put up seven hundred yards against Wake Forest, but there's there have been a lot of instances, Miami in particular, where a athletic interior defensive lineman really got the better of Mustafer and Bars, Bars in particular. Last week, there were some instances of that, but it nobody from Stanford is going to essentially try to reverse cut block you the way that Navy's defensive linemen did. So I think the offensive line needs to play its best game in about a month. And if they do, then they'll stick with the run game. I, I think that the coaching staff has it in them to avoid this sort of acquiesces type thing that J-Law is talking about. Because there have been times where I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you, and it's not even against 100% good teams. I think they have done that against bad teams on the road. So I, I would like to see the stubbornness that Brian Kelly talked about in September return in November, because it's been a little bit intermittent lately.
2: Stanford's not good enough against the run not to be stubborn offensively. And run the ball at them. They're right. Just, they they give up yards in the run, they're gonna make some plays, keep running. So this week, it'll be awful if they acquiesce if they acquiesce. We will know our predictions were wrong midway through the second quarter. Yeah. Uh yeah, the Miami is a buzzsaw situation. Obviously, they would I think they've been better off running than throwing interceptions for touchdowns and throwing interceptions for bad field position. But it, it is tough when you fall behind two touchdowns, and it's not impossible. A lot of coaches stick with it, but when you when you kind of feel the game getting away, you want to make a play instead of three and out punt. That takes a very stubborn, very confident coach, confident in his defense, which he probably wasn't after he watching Miami. It didn't, the D ended up playing well, but he probably wasn't too confident in the D after those first two series to think I can try to start running the ball here. And if I have to punt, I have to punt. They, if they run the ball against Stanford, you should be scoring every quarter, a, a touch, a drive, or a touchdown driver, or a field goal drive if you stick with it. So, I would, I think they will stick it with it this weekend. Actually, yeah, I. I think that they will too. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know if they would if it was Georgia, because I don't. I think they would say, "Well, we're not getting anywhere." And yeah. Stanford <laughs> is not Georgia. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a. That's a big development <laughs>
1: in terms of our analysis of this game. All right, last question, stabman seventy two. Elzie was supposed to help the offense by forcing opposing defenses to compensate for the matchup advantages he created. Given his limited production this year, can opposing defenses just play him straight up as they would anyone else? Yes.
2: I have very little else to add Durham to that. Smythe is the guy that need to make plays at tight end for him this week. And I think he needs to make some plays if they're gonna be down Same Brown. Yeah, that's been um I'm not saying a playmaker. I just they're a guy that moves the chains a couple times. That's if he can if he can be involved, that'll be enough. Now, Mac I have no idea why he hasn't been able to do more this year. That one's a
1: mystery to me. Um he he plays a lot. He played of all Notre Dame's offensive players, he had the most snaps last week. What did. Why? I don't know. Um, he's targeted three times, zero catches. His blocking wasn't great. Um, you know, he's had moments where he's been an okay blocker, but his.
2: Yeah, his, I, I think his, he has had moments where he's been an okay blocker. That, but, but
1: I think overall, his junior season is just very hard to understand why it's played out
2: the way that it's played out. Remember last. Last week I screamed he hasn't scored a touchdown. I can't believe he still hasn't scored a touchdown. And you're like he has scored a touchdown, but it yeah. was just such a meaningless thing—the yeah. <laughs> yeah. touchdown against Miami. I felt like he hasn't Were scored. Were you touchdown. watching the second half? Yeah, of Miami. No, I it wasn't. Game. For crying out loud. It was a nice catch too. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I think when Alize Mac makes a play, I don't think I'm going to be shocked. But you cannot count on it right now. It's the last thing you can count on for this offense is that they're going to hit Alize Mac for a big play on third and sixteen. He's capable of it. We watched it. We watched it his freshman year. We watched it all spring. Yeah. We didn't see much of it in August because he did hurt his hamstring early. But I mean, it was he was a focal point, go to guy in the spring.
1: Yeah, I mean, was sitting there at. I have him at thirty nine targets, and those have turned into one hundred eighty one yards.
2: I mean, it's that's it just, just impossible. Almost, you, that would be a thing. Yeah,
1: four point <laughs> six four yards per, per target. target. Durham Smythe is at eleven point seven. Claypool's at nine seven. Stefferson's at 8-2. Uh, I'm sorry, Boykin's at, Boykin is at 8-2. Stefferson is at 8-6. Um, and it's like he's not been put in positions where the passes, the routes he's on are really down the field at all. Not um, since early. So it's like he, he hasn't had a lot of production, nor has the staff trusted him enough mm-hmm. to put him in position to have a lot of production. It's um, – It's just a weird combination of events that have led to a
2: pretty disappointing junior season. Would be a good, and not even doing glass totally full, glass half full area. It would be a very advantageous day without Equinemes St. Brown, if Alizé Mack can catch three passes for three short first downs, like he did against North Carolina. Three or four of those. Chain moving, four catches, 39 yards, three first downs. Would be great. Yeah, I mean he's still a good athlete. Yes, he's. I mean, he's got all sorts of ability. Like the touchdown catch was nice. The one I forgot
1: yes. existed. And he's yeah, he's done some good things, but it just has not has not come together there. So it, um, I don't know. That's a that's a mystery. Stepman seventy two. I don't really. I think neither of us have a really good answer for you on that one. The answer is yes to the question: Can they just slide straight up and play them? They can. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's
2: got to change that. The other
1: part of the question. What you're really asking, Statman 72, we cannot answer. But for this weekend, yes. <laughs> Defenses can just play them straight up. All right, well, that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. Have A happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Tim and I will be heading off to California on Friday. We will do our pregame instant analysis and postgame instant analysis, all sorts of coverage from Notre Dame-Stanford Saturday night at Stanford Stadium. So until then, thanks for listening.